I realized I'd been punishing myself the way Katie had punished herself, the way she punished me. In spite of my Jewishness, I know only the guilty deserve to be punished, and even then, not always. Given the randomness of things, it's a miracle any of us get born at all. But that knowledge doesn't stop my mother's words from ringing in my ears. When things are good, watch out! In the world of her creation, we were always one breath short of disaster, one nightfall away from the sun's refusal to shine. My mom lacked perspective. Now I had all the perspective I could stand. Life is hard for us all. That's what my friend Israel Roth says. It's not a contest of whose life is worse. When the Gettys are sad, their misery is as real as mine or yours. Money is a retreat, not a fortress. Maybe I understand your mother, may she rest in peace, a little bit different than you. Life changes a person. Maybe she would regret some of her ways, take some things back. But she's gone, and nothing can change the dead. Just say Kaddish and move on. Mr. Roth, unlike me, has earned the right to be philosophical about death. The Nazi tattoo on his forearm says so. Still, things had been good. Katie's design business was taking off. Sarah, the smartest, most beautiful child on earth, was being too with a vengeance, but that was as it should be. City on the Vine and Bordeaux in Brooklyn, the wine shops Aaron and I owned, were booming. I had my doubts about Reaganomics, but the money seemed to be trickling down at least as far as our cash registers. What did I know about economics anyway? I voted for Jimmy Carter. Twice. So, like I said, things had been good, were good. I wasn't even particularly itchy anymore. I'd worked my one case as a private investigator and gotten the notion out of my system. Besides, all I'd gotten from my trouble was bruised kidneys and a trunk full of other people's secrets. Who needed the grief? I had enough of my own. So I put my license back in the sock drawer with the rest of my dreams. Even the dust bunnies thought my license was a bit of a farce, a frightened man's conceit, a hedge against the ifs in life. Then we had the miscarriage. There are no hedges. Come on, I said, tugging on Katie's hand. Let's go home and see Sarah, okay? She smiled in spite of herself. Whatever other tragedies she'd suffered, whatever regrets Katie had, there was always Sarah to go home to. Sometimes that kid of ours could be an amazing source of strength for the both of us. Okay, Mo, Katie relented, standing up and smoothing out her dress. Just give me a minute. As I waited outside the door, I tried imagining the face of a woman I'd never met before, or even heard of until fifteen minutes ago. I wondered if her father was thinking about her at that very moment, if he had hedged against the loss of his daughter. It was a day to think about fathers and daughters. Where have you got to, Moira Eaton? I mumbled under my breath. Did you say something? Katie asked, reappearing at my side. It's not important. The dappled June light smelled of fresh-cut grass and possibility. Hope and potential were easy to believe in on a sunny wedding day in June. Just as we stepped out, Constance and Craig were getting into the limo that would take them to the airport.
I hadn't thought to ask where they were headed. On a day like this, they could go anywhere. But anywhere they went, they would not remain untouched for very long. That was always the test, I thought. Not how good you were at avoiding the blows, but how you dealt with them after they landed.'